In this bonus episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about sharp cheese and bitter coffee. Taking the opportunity to pee-wee. <laughs> interrupting conversations with roses. Eyebrow jokes. Sitting around on your fat vagina and shamelessly begging Disney Plus to make this into a TV show. In our discussion of In Every Generation by Kendara Blake. With Kendara Blake. Can I do it? Can I do it? Can I do it? Can I do it? Oh! <laughs> Such a nerd. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about young adult and new adult books, series, authors, and voice actors that is full of spoilers. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire, and today we're going to talk to Kendara Blake, author of In Every Generation. Enjoy! Because we did! We did so much! It was so good! We love her! <laughs> oh my gosh. Kendara, thank you for joining us again for the... How many times have you been on the show now? A million? Yeah, I uh, it's it's a lot, but I always look forward to it. It's good. Every, oh, what podcast are you recording? Like, it's fictional hangover. It's just like a hangout now. It's not <laughs> it is. It's not real That's anymore. That's what we like. <laughs> get 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 the first one over with at least for the formalities, and then after that, it's just general chat. Because like, so did you watch that movie you said you were going to watch last time? <laughs> I did. Thank you. <laughs> That's oh. Man. Yeah. That's why we're a family. Yes, we are. We are a family. Oh, so we're going to play Would You Rather first? Yes. Sure. It's going to be great. Yeah. Yay, Would You yeah. Rather. Speak to these questions in advance. These are hard. These are a hard Would You Rather. <laughs> I've read the questions once and then that's it. That's all I do. I only ever read right? them Right? Because we can't, we, can't, we can't think about the answers. We just have to come out with them. So isn't it nice that we send them to you in advance? Because otherwise it would be a million times worse. Yeah. Like, I... <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible anyway. I love it. Okay. Let's what's our first in. question? Yes, please. So the first question was the one we asked on social media. So we do have a few comments to read as well. And it was, would you rather be a watcher or a slayer? Ooh. Ooh. Mm. On Facebook, it was 57% Watcher. On Instagram, 63% Slayer. On Twitter, 100% Watcher. And on TikTok, 80% Slayer. Wow. Yeah, I was actually surprised by the bounce around. Because if we go through the comments, because we do have a few good ones, they all seem to lean in one direction. For example, Drew on Facebook. This is a rough one because they both kind of suck. <laughs> but I think I would go with Slayer and get some cool powers. Caveat to Drew, she is a massive Buffy fan. She really so is. She knows the ins and outs of the job description. So yeah, I can understand why she thinks it's, neither's got job, neither's got good job security really. Oh, Annie on Facebook said this is one of those shows I somehow missed most of it, but of what I remember, I really want to be Buffy. So Slayer. Constance said. I'm thinking Watcher, being the chosen one is cool, but being in the library, reading upon all your cult and doing research sounds more fun to me. I mean, hello, Giles and Spike. <laughs> she is so thirsty. Yeah, she really is. I mean, everyone is for Spike though, right? Yeah, it, it got real thirsty on the chat it, this week. It did. It really, really did. 
Staff Inc. Creations on Instagram said, see, both, because she always cheats and says both. And she says, become a chosen one, then train the next one in line with all the awesomeness. P.S. I really should try to watch that Buffy show one day. So she hasn't watched it either. Hmm. Rita on Instagram said, watch it because I would live longer and get to read all the books and do all the magic and have all the weapons. I really like, I really like her response. Uh, Y.A. Under My Skin, Amy McCaw, uh, says, Buffy makes being a slayer look good, but in reality, I'm more watcher material. I do the research in my cozy library while someone else goes out and gets pummeled. Can I do it dressed like a slayer, though? Of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. Other fellow author, Gail Carragher, said, watcher, which is completely okay. understandable if you know Gail Carragher. That's right. <laughs> That's right. All right. So what about you, Kendara? What are you doing? Uh, oh, I thought maybe those comments would help me make up my mind. But like, it's a question if it's like, do I get to be Buffy? Because then if I get to be a Slayer and the Slayer is Buffy, clearly I'd want to be Buffy. But if it's just Slayer or Watcher and they're both me, then I would have to go Watcher because I'd be the fastest killed Slayer in history. <laughs> I would be insta-dead. Uh, whereas a watcher, I feel like I'd be a fairly crappy, overprotective watcher, but you know, I'd make it through at least a season. <laughs> I'm glad you give yourself a whole season. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I don't think I would make it a whole season if, like, if I were a slayer. So I'm going to be a watcher because already a librarian. It's I'm a, it's, it's basically the same. You same. Are. Same. I'm a research assistant, so. It's the job description. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I, I, I'm a watcher. But I want the, the, the Buffy style. I've been re-watching Buffy this week. And things that come, it's all coming back to me. And I remember wanting to dress like her and desperately shopping to, to dress like her. Especially the sunglasses. I used to try and have my Buffy hair. Mm. Uh huh. And remembering the music, I had the music on CD. I don't own a CD player anymore, so I don't have the CD. But yeah, it's I'm getting all the Buffy feels. So I'm like, yeah, I want to be Buffy, but I want to be the Watcher more. With the secret past, like Giles, I want the Ripper past. Yeah, like and sometimes you just let that fly out, you know, like in Band Candy, and just shock your Slayer. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's important. <laughs> All right. Next question. Yes. Would you rather go to the school dance or the purity rave? And you can treat them as if they are actual dances without vampires attacking, if you choose to. Do you want me to go first? Oh, yeah. You should definitely go first. Okay. I'm still uh, thinking. All the way. This one, all the way. Not only because I hate school dances, and I've always hated school dances, and... Ew. Um, but because the purity rave is friggin' catered. It's catered. There is <laughs> fancy punch and all the hors d'oeuvres. There are charcuterie boards. There are cheese plates. I am going there and I am never leaving. I mean, even if I knew that it was going to get attacked at some point, I'm going to try to get as much, you know, snack foods in me as I can before that happens. Right eat all the cheese before you sold me on the cheese <laughs> the cheese it was the cheese that did it yeah yes you said cheese board i'm there <laughs> the vampires can just nibble on my cheesy blood <laughs> oh. yeah 
I mean, is it is it silly that I want to go to the purity rave, but like for the rave part, you know, like the the glow sticks and the neon oh, yeah. lights? Yeah, that's. I mean, I've never been to a rave in real life, but if I could go to a purity rave, I'm gonna go there. I've mosh pitted before. Does that count? No, it's not the same. Damn it! Because you didn't have a glowing pacifier in your mouth. No, I've never had a glowing pacifier. I've had glow, <laughs> glow sticks, and I've moshed. It's it's weird. How the minute you put glow sticks in your hands, it's like you feel like you can dance. <laughs> but Even you're wrong. You can't. But you feel like. <laughs> Do you have the disco exercise classes in America? There's, there's, it was like a massive fad that was going on. It still happened in the UK, but less so now because the pandemic's killed off a lot of the classes, mm. probably literally. Um, and you you get dressed up in your neon stuff. You put your neon tutus on and your leg warmers and you and you get the glow sticks and the, turn the lights down, put the disco music on, and then they have basically an exercise class, but it's a rave. No. no, we did not. We did not get this, and we I feel cheated. Not. Should we start it? You should. Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, pandemic is kind of winding down now. We could all we could have some safe classes, and yeah, I think people are going to be in the mood for neon tutus. Yeah, I think I'm going to make this a library program. You should. Ooh. It's exercise. It's positive, and yeah. you know, affects mental well being as well. You're getting the whole yeah. thing, but then yeah. afterwards you can go and eat the cheese board. Right, there will be a cheese board there as well. Yeah, that that should be how like the last ten minutes of class are spent. Yes, I could be lured to any trap if there was a cheese board involved. Yeah, it's the cardboard box with the stick and yes. the cheese board. If there was coffee in there as well, because there's the usual question in my house of what you prefer more, coffee or cheese, and a year later I still haven't answered that question. Mm. I don't think I could put them together. Oh, it's Ooh. amazing. It's amazing. Really? Mm-hmm. Good yeah. cup of coffee, really nice, mature, really sharp cheddar. No, I don't want to do that. Maybe it's because I over-sugar my coffee. <laughs> Me too. My, really my coffee's coffee. mostly cream. Oh, mine's bitter, bitter, bitter coffee. Like my soul. Mm. Now that might be nice. Together. <laughs> <laughs> Sharp cheese, bitter soul. That might be nice. Yes, I like it. I feel like that needs to be a shirt. I was just about to say we need that on a shirt. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm taking my notes. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Anywho, speaking of sweet things, would you rather date Jake or Sigmund? Oh man, now this is a, this was a really unfair question because you can't ask me to choose between my boys. You have to. Scooby men have to. Oh, I, need I love Scoob. Sigmund so much. Um, okay, who do I feel like would be more compatible? That that's how I would narrow it down. And honestly, even though my brain says that Sigmund and I would be very copacetic, my husband's more like Jake. Big, dopey, happy. Shoes <laughs> on shoes. Super wagging tail all the time. Has a squeaky toy. He does. Oh my god, he has a squeaky toy. He does. So, <laughs> you married Jake. Jake. I, oh yeah. You can see the revelation just hitting. This is amazing <laughs> TV. Yeah, everyone <laughs> needs to make sure they join the bonus tier so they can see it happen yeah, on Kendara's yeah. face. 
Mary and Jane. So yeah, Jake. <laughs> I think that I'm married to Sigmund then because Jacob is very charming, like with everyone. And, you know, he's also really smart and he maybe enjoys being smarter than other people around him. So, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to pick Sigmund. I'm gonna also pick the Sigmund portaling. There. Hello, portaling. That would save yeah. you so much yeah, travel. It, it really would. It really, really would. And I think it's probably better for the climate as well. So, you know, if you were going down Frankie's route and being concerned about it. Yes. I can imagine it being, you know, zero carbon neutral. Yes. I hope portaling is carbon neutral. I mean, I don't know if they've actually studied that. Like the energy uh, consumption, you know, where does portaling generate? I mean, it's not obviously gas powered portaling, so it, it must be better. <laughs> it must be. It, it, kind of, it must like suck the energy out of one place, but poof it somewhere else. So it might even itself out. It might. The science of Portland. But what if you go from like a really polluted place to a non-polluted place? Then are you spreading the pollution because you've poofed it there? That's an excellent question, though, because if you've portaled, what is the how solid is that like portal gateway? You know, do you have to physically try and pass through it, or do the gases pass through as well? It's a really good question. We need Sigmund. Question for Sigmund. Yeah. Yeah, we need to ask him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Jake would get on my wits ends. I would, I would, I would get the chew toy and throw it just to get rid of him for just five minutes. It's not a case of you know opposites attract. It's a case of Jake. I love you, but you're my friend. He's solid friend zone material, because then I can just leave him at home and then have a break. Whereas with Sigmund, I think he would respect the fact that I'm like, I'm gonna go upstairs and read my book for a little while, or you know, I'm gonna go and play Xbox for a little while. Or I just need some me time. I think he would respect that because then he would enjoy me time as well. Mm. Yeah, you're probably mm-hmm. right. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Mm, sick mm. <laughs> All right. Would you rather be in Buffy's time or Frankie's time? That's tough. Mm. But I was in Buffy's time. This is like asking. <laughs> Do you want to go back to your 16-year-old self? Or do you want to be 16 now? Is that the question? (laughs) Not necessarily, but if you're breaking all the rules, which we do often. (laughs) There are rules. We can break them. Yeah. Because you could take this question however you want. You could be, are you 16 in either era? Or are you going to be Buffy's age, 16 in the 1990s, and basically like Willow's age now? I am the same age as Willow. Like, I'm going to take the easiest way out and say that I already was in Buffy's time, so I'm going to, like, Pee Wee Herman the answer and say that I don't have to see it, Dottie, because I lived it. (laughs) Yes, thank you for that. That was very good. I'm glad you Pee Wee did. You don't often get a chance to Pee Wee anymore. You really, really don't. And you should always take the opportunity to pee wee whenever you can pee wee. Yes, definitely. Yes. <laughs> um, sheesh. I don't know which time that I want to be in because I feel like, I mean, I need to have a revelation here, which we're going to have to talk about later on. But um, 
I've only watched a handful of Buffy episodes. I really liked the movie as a kid, but yes. I didn't watch the TV show. I mean, I have watched several episodes now, recently, as in last weekend, I watched like the top nine episodes or something, but... Oh my gosh, I still want to know which episodes there are. Those I will are. Send... Yes, I, I will... I need to share the link. I'll, I'll send you the link that... um of the episodes that I watched, but, um, like, I love everything that happened in Buffy, and I need to watch all of the rest of the episodes, but now getting into this world through Frankie, like, I kind of want to be in Frankie's time, but I'm, I'm a newbie. I'm a newbie Scooby. You're a new Scooby. So, yeah, so I'm gonna be in Frankie's time. I don't know. You see, I could I could easily pee wee her in it as well. You just wanted to say that you would pee wee something. I always want to pee wee something. <laughs> I usually tell you I'm pee weeing before we start recording as well. That's right. Uh, <laughs> you do. I'll be there soon. Got to pee wee. Mm. See, that's the problem. The pro- the problem is the more because of like I said, I'm I'm rewatching it again, and I'm getting all the nostalgic feels, and I'm remembering being 16, and my body is failing me at the moment. I want to be back then in the 90s. But being a 16-year-old was freaking awful. Like, yeah, no. No, thank you. No. I like the internet. My friends are all on the internet. <laughs> My only friends are on the internet. <laughs> I have friends who live 15 miles away and I internet them more than I ever see them face to face. So can I live without the question? It feels like it's boiling down to can I live without Wi-Fi? The answer is no. No, no, I'm a millennial through and through. I need to live now, but with 90s house prices. Mm, that's it. That, yeah, <laughs> let's do that. No, I think, I think I'm going to have to be Frankie's time. You know, I wouldn't mind being the willow of the piece or, you know, the, the aging watcher or, you know, being with Giles on the Watchers Council because I've, I've lived it, I've done it. So, yeah, Frankie's. At least then you can mould the new scoobs a little bit. Perhaps. Yeah. Take the wisdom. Yeah, now Frankie's time. Kiss the bangs. Mm. You you won't have hit a lot of the episodes where the 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 bangs are just like this wispy little thing just here. Oh, the bangs! Yes, yeah. It's just the wispiest little thing, and then that's it. That is the bang. I could essentially do it now. I mean, that's that's the nineties. That's the nineties. It's the nineties and the early two thousands. The the UK hairstyle in the nineties was to have a bit thicker on the hair, you tie it at the front and then you tie the rest back and then that's it. You just have these wisps of these thicker wisps of hair at the front dangling down, getting in the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or the alternative was you have a full on fringe with a full on bang and you have two hands of hairspray, one to put under the hair and the other one to actually spray it into place. That was a thing in the nineties as well. It's really not good. good. No. It's not good. No. I did the thing where you like you you make this this part big and round with a big round brush. Oh, it wow. was sexy. Yeah. yeah. I got to say it was probably the sexiest thing I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> what is our last question? Yikes. <laughs> Would you rather have 90s hat? No. <laughs> 
no. Would you rather be the Countess or Grimlock? This is a hard question. Mm. Yeah, because, I mean, the Countess had so much fun. But, you know, Grimlock's like a hot, broody demon. Mm. Uh, I'd rather be Grimlock. Yeah. He's ancient. He's super hot. Like, stupid hot. And, you know, he doesn't have any of the vampire limitations. He can go out whenever he wants to. And um he his you know i mean he's he's just less vulnerable i mean he was not scared of the countess so between a one-to-one it would have been a really close call yeah he but, wasn't bothered that she stuck a hand in his chest no. yeah and like the cute little fangies and the eyes that flash and yeah he i think he has a really good wardrobe too yeah. you only sometimes have to eat hearts yeah or organs i mean you can yeah. pick and your organs and um then you you kind of absorb the essence of those organs so we've all been to scotland well amanda's (laughs) never been no we've all heard of haggis that's just basically organs so just have some haggis you're fine and you can be really selective i feel like it'd make mealtime more interesting Mm. cheese board Mm. cheese board you could have the cheese board perfect like if if he was to eat your liver, Claire, I feel like he would just have insatiable cravings for cheese and coffee for like a the, month. You're not wrong. Yeah, you're not wrong. I got wrong for tonight for wanting to put too much cheese on my dinner. That's not a thing. That doesn't exist. <laughs> well, that's my argument, but I got shot down. Mm-hmm. Say so I'm trying to eat as much cheese, trying to be good. I don't know why you would ever do such a thing. <laughs> Um, I'm going to answer this question now. I am going to be the countess on account of the bathing in blood. Yeah. And our, you know, just, I'm doing it. <sighs> to be Elizabeth Bathory. Oh my God, that bitch has style. Mm. Oh, I've loved Elizabeth Bathory for all the fact that she was a murderous, murderous person. And I've just got panache. I, you yeah. can't deny that. Yeah, she's bad. I like her. Yeah. You remember that movie Stay Alive, starring Malcolm in the Middle? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm so glad that it's Dylan in that video middle. game was Elizabeth Bathory. That was like such like a fun concept and such a terrible, like delightful, terrible film. Yes. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's not a good one. Yeah, but it's so much like I would watch it, and if it's still on, I'll turn it on. I'm like, this is fun. I don't care. It's stupid, and I'll watch it forever. Throw a rose, Frankie Muniz. It's great. <laughs> yeah. That was the best. Like, what? Vi- <laughs> Trying to make this horror video game, and the way that you save your life is to throw a rose. Throw a rose. Yeah, gamers yeah. love that. Yeah, <laughs> it makes perfect sense. <laughs> Yeah, like it's like Moonlight Night, you know, like tuxedo mask. We just yeah. throw a rose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's so weak. <laughs> Jesse from Pokemon also throws roses. Yeah. Jesse's got style though. Yeah. I will not or, have a bad No, it's James. It's James that has the roses. It's James that it has is. the roses. Yeah. Jesse yeah. did Sorry. go through a period of holding a rose as well, but James is the iconic rose. Yeah. yeah. What is that? 
in like anime is there like a, a rose hero theme that a rose is the only appropriate way to interrupt a conversation maybe i feel like we need to research this i think we need to like do it like this needs to be a thing like we should actually start carrying roses around in case we need to just interject yes yeah throw a rose and say our point exactly yes <laughs> that's what you do you can make it a thing <laughs> oh, I try okay. not to question anime it's just it's just bonkers as it is so it just yeah it's good that's a good policy you just go with it you yeah. just watch just it. don't ask just don't ask questions and then if somebody says something weird or dirty or involves snakes or tentacles at any point you go I've seen enough hentai to know where this is going yep I yep. haven't but I do <laughs> <laughs> yeesh yeesh Okay, so it's the end of Would You Rather. And now it's time for other questions. And Lainey, I just want to tell you that since I haven't watched a lot of Buffy, I feel like I'm the perfect reader of this book because I read it and I loved it and it made me excited about Buffy and so then I wanted to go back and read Buffy. But it was great, really? and I didn't, like, I didn't not understand anything. There was enough, like, references of stuff. I wasn't confused about anything, and it was just perfect in this in this world that already exists that I know nothing about. But I felt like I did, and then, so, good job. That's very exciting to hear, because I... I mean, that's the whole goal, right? The whole goal of this book and this series of books is to bring new watchers in to Buffy, to bring new people into the fandom. And also for um, us original Buffy people who have, you know, teenage children, now we can foist Buffy upon them. Like this is an excuse for us to be like, no, now is the time. Now you're going to read this and we're going to watch Buffy together. And it's a whole thing. Uh, but I was never sure how it was going to land for someone who had never seen the show. There are some references in there that you can catch, like there's some pop culture references in there um, that you can catch just if you know who the cast is. Like I have How I Met Your Mother Easter eggs in there for um, Allison Hannigan yeah. plays Willow. I have some um, uh, references just to stuff that Sarah Michelle Gellar has done that has nothing to do with Buffy and, and that kind of stuff. But yeah, I because I mean I I'm such a fan that I lean so hard on the nostalgia. I wasn't sure how the rest of it would play, so I'm really glad that you thought it was okay. Yay, good. It's better Yay. than okay. Yeah, you fantastic. sent me a message saying that you watch you started watching Buffy because of it. Yeah. Um, the the Spike messages were like I I loved Spike from the book and I adore him more after watching the show now. Yeah. So you know, it's a gate, it is a gateway drug to Buffy, and it's, yeah, it, it really you know, is exactly. So you can draw the new people, and you hit the mark completely for me, who's the other end of the scale, who adores. I, I raked out my Buffy, some of Buffy books today, um, who adores Buffy. I absolutely adored it, and I just got all the feels, all the nostalgia, but I didn't feel like it was misplaced at all. Like bringing it up to the modern world, I didn't feel like it was jarring. 
I felt just thrown right back into Sunnydale. I was there. I was back in the library. There's just a few more computers. And <laughs> Spike. <laughs> and Spike. And he's tweeted. And two more computers and Spike. Yeah. <laughs> These two do not mesh, but they do mesh. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. And I love the fact that you talk about Willow and Oz's relationship. And I've just got to that part in my rewatch. And I'm like, I'm so pro of Oz I, because I just love Oz. But Oz and Willow as a relationship doesn't work for friends. And that you, you, you got that so perfectly where there's that nostalgia, but not romance. And it was like, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah that was one of the hardest aspects to tackle. Um, I had to be, I wanted to be really careful with it. And we had sensitivity readers go over it, um, numerous sensitivity readers, just to make sure you know, that, that, because I was going to have blind spots and I did. Um, but I also didn't want like Oz and Willow have a place in each other's lives. And it's always going to be a little complicated. Mm -hmm. And because of their mutual, like Oz is kind of chilled, but because of Willow's endless kind of awkwardness and, and worry, there was always going to be some kind of lingering weirdness once Oz came back into her life full time, even if they've just kind of fallen into this co-parenting thing and they seem to have worked it out, there's something in the background that they haven't talked about yet. It's not romantic, but it's something. It's like worries, I'll say. It's just worries. And so I wanted them to have time to work it out on the page. They start to work it out in book one. I'm pretty sure they put it to bed in, in book two. Yeah. Um, but I felt like the fans, like we owed it to the fans to have that those characters interact in that way. Um, I didn't want him to just be like, no, no, we've, we're cool and we settled all this 15 years ago. Like, no, let's let's have you settle it now, so that we can we yes. can all have that moment with you. Because I I too I love their relationship. I love their dynamic. Um, just as Oz and Willow, they had really good chemistry and a, and a, a special connection. I'm really glad as a watcher getting that closure and it's on screen closure. I'm so happy to, to get that because it was one of the things that was missing in the show. You never got their relationship to close and say, yeah, that's an end of a chapter. It always felt like it was hanging somehow and that there was always the potential that Willow would go back to Oz, but you, she strongly moved on and he just disappeared. So no, I, yeah. I really appreciate it. So thank you. As a fan, thank you for putting that on screen. Yeah, I think they did it too in um, in the comics. But this these books kind of um, are, are meant to just follow immediately after the TV shows. So they kind of go around the comics. Mm. Yeah, I wanted them to have, I wanted them to have those moments. Plus, I just love writing those two. They're just fun. It's fun to write Oz. I wasn't sure if it was going to be fun because he's so nonverbal. You know, he's very like, he says a lot with eyebrows, which is hard to do on the page. Um, Seth Green's eyebrows do a lot of heavy lifting. Yeah. So I was worried, like, how am I going to get this guy across? How am I going to make those Oz jokes land when they're nonverbal jokes? But When they're eyebrow jokes? Yeah. Eyebrow jokes are fun. Um, but it was, it was still fun. And I'm I'm really hoping to get a bit of a 
bigger werewolf story in there for the Osborne werewolves. I tried to work it into book two. It didn't make it into book two. We're saving it for book three. Uh, but I have this whole Osborne werewolf clan drama arc, and I really want it to get in there. There's, there is so not time to do. This is why I think we just need to do a series, like a live action series. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's, I have to focus so much on Frankie's story, which is great. I love Frankie. But if we have the freedom of like, and the time of episodes, we could delve so much deeper into, you know, like Spike's whole backstory and everybody could have a bigger arc. Willow could have a whole arc. Oz could have a whole arc. And there would be a lot more time. When, when I initially approached the project, I was so, you know, I was, my tail was wagging like a mile a minute. I was way overexcited. I had all these ideas. I'm like, I'm going to do this monster of the week and I'm going to do this monster of the week. And it's going to feel like a whole season wrapped into one book. There's going to be a big bad. There's going to be an overarching mystery and all these monsters of the week. And we're going to have the Scoobies coming together and becoming a knit group of Scoobies. And then I actually sat down to write it and I'm like, there's no time for any of these monsters of the week. I, if I want, I had, I was able to save one monster of the week and that was the Instagram demon. And all of my other monsters of the week had to just go by the wayside because there's no time. This book is a hundred thousand words. A hundred thousand words. It's longer than Three Dark Crowns. I had no time. That's crazy. Wrap it up. That was one of my favorite parts though. Uh, like that there was the insta demon because like when I was reading it I was like oh this this is a monster of the week I love it and those are like my favorite episodes of you know Buffy now that I'm starting to watch it and like Supernatural and X-Files the monster of the week episodes are my favorite ones so I liked it that I liked that that there was the monster of the week but then there was also the story going on in the background with, you know, the big bad that happens at the end. I thought it was perfect. You've got to give yourself a little bit of forgiveness as well, though, because when you watch anything like Buffy or Supernatural or any of these shows where they have an overall arching bad guy and storyline that they dip in and out and Monsters of the Week, they've got 22 episodes to tell it. You have 400 pages to tell it. (laughs) You can't. You physically can't. And you'll do yourself an injustice in the product that you're going to produce by trying to do that. So, yeah, having the Instagram demon was amazing. I was like, no, an influencer's demon. This makes so much sense. But <laughs> it yeah. was so much fun. It was, it was, the Insta demon was a lot of fun. And <laughs> yeah, that was, um, I love my monster of the week. But it was jarring to realize, like, oh my gosh. The show is so nimble. Yeah. Move, but books are less nimble. Like a show can have like an episode that's completely just thrown in there and it's like not even tied to the thing that just happened and it doesn't really feel out of place. But if I was to just pop that in in the middle of in the middle of the book, it would it doesn't work. It feels weird. So Which is why the two are very different mediums. You know, a, a requel. Come on, Disney, just yeah, come on, Disney. Do it. Disney, Disney Plus could very easily, you know, um, imagine the quality that they will be able to put behind when you look at the, the Star Wars um, 
series and the Marvel series, if they Disney money behind a Buffy series on Disney Plus, oh my god, it would be epic. It would be so awesome. It's like, come on, Disney, that's money on the table. You just gotta, you just gotta grab it and run. We will all be there, just obsessively watching. And you're yep. getting two generations. You're getting, you know, my generation watching it for the nostalgia. You're getting Amanda. Who's you're getting, you're getting it in every generation. generation. Oh. But there's only one. Which one, one. <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. I mean, yeah. That's what we want. We want us, and then we want us to force young people to watch it with us. That's that's built in. Just big audience. My mum's generation, though, as well, because I remember putting up the Christmas decorations one year, watching an episode of Buffy, and my brother doing all of the hard work because me and my mum were stood there holding tinsel, watching the Monster of the Week. I can't even remember what episode it was, but we just stood there and we were watching Buffy together. And me, my mum understood Joyce's character, and I was like, I don't get there. The mum's awful. I don't understand the mum. And then <laughs> I was like, because, you know, 16... And yeah. yeah, it's just, it, it gets every generation. So it's not just, you know, the people who were 16 in the 90s. It's it's covering it, a vast spectrum and it's amazing. And that was one of the good things about Buffy. It covered every, all of them. You had Rupert Giles as the doddery guy. And yeah. So here's a question that I want to ask Amanda. As a new watcher of a certain age, do you think Giles is hot? No, he's weird looking. Okay, because I, you know, Willow used to have a little crush on him, um, and I, when I was young watching it, I was like, Willow, what, what, what are you thinking? What are you doing? But every time Giles picked up a guitar, Willow would get all weak in the knees, and you know, maybe I, I just it. I haven't I haven't experienced that yet. I haven't experienced him enough to get swoony about him. Well, when as you continue your watch, I'll be interested if you you know message me one day and you're like. Giles not so bad because now when I watch it, I'm like, mm, Giles not so bad. Yes, yeah. totally different. And I, I like empathize way more with Joyce now. It's a whole. Oh no, I completely a... get that. I, I, I literally messaged the, within the last twenty four hours on a group message where a couple of us are rewatching Buffy, and there's a couple of others who've never seen it, and another one who has watched it but not rewatching. So various degrees. And I went, I remember when I was 16 thinking Xander was amazing. And now, oh my God, what a dick. He's awful. He is a, a toxic character. And he doesn't have many redeeming features. He's so misogynistic. I just, how did I like that at 16? But then I'm like, well, I was 16. You know, it, 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 it's awful. A guy like Xander. I mean, you know, like... I still love Xander because I know guys like Xander and for all their flaws, you know, they, they have good qualities also, but yeah, things I didn't notice about Xander. I notice now like it yes. stands out, not yes. just him being jealous, which that you noticed the whole time. Like he was stupidly jealous of Angel and, and petty about things, but just other little things that I had no idea, little microaggressions that were, you know. He was one of the. He's one of these that um, treats people mean, expecting them to like. There's a specific word for where people call you names and the bad mouth you and put de degrade you and then. But that builds the attraction. I can't remember what that's called. 
Yes. Negging. He's he, a, he is, yeah. And it's awful. And the way he goes on and on and on and on because Buffy rejects him. It's horrible. But we can't forget the yellow crayon. Like he, he does have that going for him. What is that? What do I need to watch? Tell me which episode I need to watch. <laughs> You'll understand by the end of season six. That's a lot of seasons. It is. It is. <laughs> It is. I think actually with Buffy, um, and I think it's the same with Supernatural, you remember more based on the monster character currently in play than anything else that's going on. So like again, having this conversation, we're saying, oh, um, the Caleb series was really weak. And then somebody pointed out, oh, season seven was really weak. It's like, yeah, that was the Caleb season because Caleb's a, a weak character. And Caleb is a priest, a misogynistic, psychopathic priest played by Nathan Fillion. He's got such a little baby face. And it's just, it's not great. But Glory, she was amazing because she was a bitch. And it was nice to see a woman being a bitch on the TV. And the one episode I've always kept saying to, to Amanda, you have to watch, is Hush. I did because watch that gen- one. The gentlemen. Oh, my God. I did watch that one with their creepy, creepy faces. I loved them. Yes. And they didn't, they did so much without a word spoken. Like, I don't remember the actual minute count of that episode where there is no dialogue. It's all visual. Like, the whole scene where Giles is ha- up ahead with the overhead projector is brilliant. It was very good. They managed to put so much physical humor into that scene. It's just jam-packed with exposition and no dialogue. Yeah. Like, masterful. I really... I really liked she, you know, they were talking about how they were going to, well, they weren't talking, but they were trying to figure out how they're going to kill them. And Buffy's making this motion and they're like, what is happening? And then she gets no. out her stake and is like. <laughs> oh, I love yeah. it. I love it. That was, I think that was probably my favorite episode that I watched. Of all the ones that I watched. The writing on the show was so clever. I mean, it, yeah, just some of the absolute best writing and best performances. I mean, Sarah Michelle Gellar really impresses me just consistently with the range of stuff she can do. She can go from absolutely goofy to saving the world in like the blink of an eye. Yes. Yes. I, I just watched the, I said just watch. I've been it's been in the background mainly while I've been working from home. I just shoved the shove it on. And I just watched the episode where she turns around to Angel after the kiss and she says, Every time I kiss you kiss me, I just want to die. And I just remember her expression and it's just so forceful. And that line, it's like it's like, you know, when the the, the cheesy twilight lines I get said now about, you know, you your own brand of heroin and stuff. It's it's one of those nostalgic <laughs> lines now that just goes down in infamy within pop culture. And it's like, and she delivers it so well. And I don't know if you watched this one, Amanda, but season two, episode one, when it could have come back from uh, summer break. So in the end of season one, Buffy kills the master, but he killed her first. She died. She drowned. And Xander managed to perform CPR and bring her back. 
and season one season two episode one she's suffering from post-traumatic stress and there's a lot of trauma going on and she smashes the master's bones to smithereens just to dust just taking out that aggression and you just have all these feelings for this Buffy character who you, you didn't really have that. You, you sympathised, but you didn't, like... It was like a heart-bleeding kind of moment, seeing her go through all this stress. And Xander, saying, t- telling her to get over it. I'm sorry, love, she died. She literally <laughs> died. And you're telling her to get over it when she's been a, 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 being a bit salty with you. And it's just... Delivered so well by Sarah Michelle Gellar, who at this point you think, well, she does cheesy horror movies and, you know, she, is she that kind of calibre of actress? But yeah, she really, really is. It's a very yeah. good episode to watch. It's, like, the, it's a good episode. And meanwhile, the whole thing is orchestrated by Wise Giles, who knew that's what she needed. Yeah. You know, remember he was setting it up like, no, we need the master's bones to do this ritual. And then Buffy smashes him and Willow's like, what about the ritual? And he's like, there never was a ritual. Like, she just needed to do this just brilliant all the performances so good i'm learning so many great things so what is what's your favorite episode what episode do i need to watch oh okay uh i got my list up of the ones that i did watch so did you watch band candy no watch band candy because that's when you fully appreciate how good the adult actors are so the premise of band candy is that, you know how in school we had to do those uh, fundraising drives where they made us sell candy bars and lollipops and shit? Yeah. Uh, so they have to do that. But the candy has been cursed by the big bad <laughs> to make whoever eats it act like a teenager. So all the adults who are buying up the candy off these teenagers start acting like teenagers. So Giles starts acting like teenage Giles and Buffy's mom starts acting like teenage Joyce unbeknownst to any of them and then slowly you know all of the adults in sunnydale are acting like kids and it is hilarious okay comes out to play hilarious all right definitely i'm excited excited to watch that one um which ones did i I watched the musical one once more we're feeling yeah yeah i watched that one who alison heinigan cannot sing yeah, I mean, she did request not to not to sing for that reason. And yeah, she it all right. harkens back to season one as well, where there was some kind of reference to singing, and she cannot sing, and she was like, "Please don't make me sing." <laughs> yeah, in her nightmare when she was the on stage, the yeah. opera singing out. Yeah. Um, I watched Doppelgangland. That one yes. was super fun. I really liked that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... That was fun. Hush is one of my favourites. Did you watch the Halloween episode in mm. season two? No, I don't think so. I watched Innocence in season two, and I watched I Only Have Eyes for You in season two. The Halloween a... episode's really good. Yeah, the Halloween episode is also rip roaring fun. Um, okay. It's where Ethan is introduced. Gets... Everybody gets their Halloween costumes from a cursed Halloween shop. Fun. Okay. So it causes them to become whatever Halloween costume they got. Okay. I can't wait. It's really fun, that one. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm just I'm just jealous of the writers that get that got to write these shows because it's like such fun concepts and you could just go like they they went you know perfectly wild with it and it absolutely amazing also you know some of my favorite episodes are actually in like season four and season six mm. which are like not they're kind of uneven seasons but some of the season six episodes are have really bright moments um um there's one where Buffy gets stuck in a time loop because the the trio you know the trio of idiots yes. Jonathan and uh yeah the trio of nerds are are trying to test her and find her weaknesses so that they can become her nemesis and at one point they trap her in a time loop and she has to sell a mummy hand <laughs> from the magic shop and the mummy hand is just not cooperating and that is some of like the best Groundhog's Day acting from Sarah Michelle Gellar ever. The trio so, are very similar to the ghost faces from Supernatural. It's that kind of goofiness. Yeah, I um, that episode I think that you were talking about, Kendara, came on but then I stopped it to switch to the next one in my list of of nine but i should have kept watching it it's a good one i mean but you know you should just watch them all the way through i know just, i you know should. i should it's amazing i need to if we had more time honestly i was going to, i would have suggested we do a fictional hangover buffy watch long and we watch an episode or two every week and then we can discuss but just don't have time no yeah yeah all right, so I feel like we need to talk about the book a little, a little bit. <laughs> Can we tie it, let's tie it in a little bit, just a okay. little bit. Because together. I want to know which Buffyverse villain, so Sarah Michelle Gellar's Buffyverse, which villain from the show would you like to pit your new Scooby gang against? I can't answer this because no. of stuff that happens in book two. <gasps> Mm, yeah. Okay, well that's exciting. <laughs> can you can you narrow it down to a season? I really literally can't. And when you read it, you will understand why. Oh no. Oh. Oh. Okay. Oh, that's gonna kill me so badly. Yeah, in that I'm telling you there may be appearances from multiple seasons in book two. Oh my god. That's really fun. So when when does book two come out? It comes out um, right now. We're only allowed to say winter of twenty twenty three. So like we're aiming for January, but with the supply chain still kind of being messed up, it's hard um, to say. Yeah, they're trying to nail down an actual date, but we don't have it yet, okay. and we don't want to put one out and then have it be wrong. So we're right. just kind of saying winter, but it is called One Girl in All the World. Ooh, okay, that's Cannot exciting. Wait. No, I can't wait. wait. I can't wait. I'm, I'm just, I. It's just so nice to see. I'm, I'm loving Amanda, loving Buffy from this, like being indoctrinated into the, the, the Buffy verse. It, it just makes my heart sing because it's happened so often the other way around. Or we've got mutual appreciation for Supernatural that it's lovely for it to, to see somebody else go. But this character is really good. I'm like, yes. Yeah, I, t- I messaged Claire like I'm, I'm supposed to love Spike, right? Because I don't care because I love Spike. I'm supposed to love him. I'm supposed to love him, right? Like, yeah, most people do, but 
there's, I mean, there's still a significant split between Buffy Angel fans and Spike Buffy fans. I only watched one episode with David Boreanaz, and I didn't love it. I don't like, but I just don't like him. Angel is good as Angel in, in the Angel series. Like, Angel and Buffy can be weak and a little bit like, oh, can you please smile? Can you do something? And then, spoilers, they have sex and he goes evil because he has That's the one that I watched. Yeah, okay. That's the episode that I watched. Yeah, and and he goes evil and he turns into Angelus. And you're like, yeah, you're interesting now. But this is why I'm more pro... uh, I I liked the Angel series, but this is why I'm pro Spike because Spike has such diversity all the time. He's a caretaker. Like, when you see him interacting and looking after Drusilla... It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Can I can I ask a question? Can I ask a question about that episode in particular? Why was Spike in a wheelchair? Oh what um, happened to him? Yeah, when uh Spike did a ritual to bring Drusilla's strength back. And she need he needed the the blood of the sire, which Angel is Drusilla's sire. And during the course of that, um, Buffy came with actually another Slayer, Kendra, and just kicked their ass. And most of the church came down upon Spike and Drusilla. But the ritual worked, so Drusilla was strong, but Spike was paralyzed in the collapse. So when he's in the wheelchair, he's in process of being nursed back to health. Okay. Okay. undead health you know how yeah. that goes yeah yeah okay yeah. okay thanks for that <laughs> i'll get there i'll get there eventually but thanks thanks for catching me up buffy 101 <laughs> thanks look i mean i just i watched the movie so much as a kid and i didn't i didn't watch the tv show so but it's fine but the movie is spectacular as well like there is nothing bad about the movie. I adore it and I will defend it. That's one of my hills I will die on. I love the Buffy movie. But it is distinctly different from the series. Like Donald Sutherland's Watcher, like he establishes a different law that, you know, they do change with it to it to the series and the creation of the Watcher Council is much more history behind it. It needs to be because of the TV series, but the movie's so good. <laughs> can't believe you won't tell me which villain though i'm still upset i think you'll be pleased um as a buffy like a buffy fanatic i think i I hope you'll be pleased i i pretty much guarantee it'll be yes do you know what i found weird as i was reading the book and this isn't a weird bad this is just like i'm so used to reading really creepy horror and really gory horrible disgusting scenes that play on my mind at two o'clock in the morning and there was none of that in it because it's more more accessible to the YA audience. I was like, when is Kendara going to viciously kill somebody with like something? Yeah, where's the... where's the vicious twist at the end that there always is? Like it didn't, it didn't happen and, no, unless I... unless it's Vi coming back and being a vampire vampire hunter because she's not. I, I quit. Tried to keep myself completely out of it. Like Kendara, nobody wanted a Kendara Blake Buffy novel. They just wanted a Buffy novel, so that's what I tried. No, to, but to get. all of your sarcasm is there, and it's oh, yeah. fantastic. Well, that's because it's the same. Like that's where <laughs> Buffy is where I got my sarcasm, so it just works. 
but I, I really tried to stay true to the tone and the feel of the series. I wanted in every generation to feel like just tuning in to some lost episodes. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted everything familiar about Buffy that we loved, all those nostalgia hits. I wanted the meetings in the library. I wanted the Watcher in Tweed. I wanted um, you know, the big bad. I wanted all of the quips, all of the patrols in the cemetery, you know, all of the fun magic and um, just a really fun tight knit group of Scoobies. And that's, that's what I tried to. Mission accomplished. Yeah, you succeeded. And I made Spike look old just in case James Marsters wants to come back for a show. <laughs> and we all appreciate and thank you for that. <laughs> you gotta make these things possible. I mean, uh, you're just fulfilling our dreams at the moment right. the, the Haley character I adore Haley. she's my favourite apart from obviously Spike um, I saw you as Haley. there was this kind of like energy I don't know I, just from reading your other, your other books and having that like that sarcasm and that dry wit and that you know just understated strength that i read when i was reading it i thought is this is this is this kandara making a sort of <laughs> she's, she's written because herself this is in. What I, yeah that's what it felt like like you've written yourself in as a scooby and i love that i was living for it so in my opinion and you can tell me it's wrong but it's still here it's this kind of in my head you are Haley. oh well uh i mean no but i mean there's there's definitely, you know, um, I wanted Haley to fit in and, and to be a believable Scooby. So she does have that kind of sense of humor that would work with a Scooby situation, which I feel like I also have. Like, so yeah, like Haley and I have a, a similar sense of humor. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was fun working with her because I wasn't sure as the newcomers were like, Okay, so the original characters that I worked with, Oz, Willow, Spike, Xander too a little bit, they were familiar to me. Like I kind of, I'm like, I know what you guys are up to. I know what you're about. But the new ones, Frankie, Haley, Jake, Sigmund, they took time for me to get to know on the page, just like any of the other characters that I create. So um, that was fun. I went through multiple drafts of just like, chucking them in rooms together or chucking them in situations together kind of like chemistry tests mm -hmm. to see like how they played off each other and and I didn't know like okay so obviously you're teenagers so there's going to be some hormonal stuff happening here so who's going to get with who like who's going to be interested in who so I just kind of paired them off in different configurations to see how it played and it, it ended up going the way that it did you know um, Sigmund ended up very interested in Haley and vice versa. And um, for a while, we're like, well, what about Jake and, and Frankie? But no, you know, Frankie has that stupid hot demon. Yeah. And it's kind of player tradition. So, comic book tradition. Yeah. Yeah. And my editor and I were like, because now that we're older, we're, we're like, okay, so she's 16. And he's, like 2000 <laughs> it's just so gross and we're like yes it is gross but it is also a tradition and so we will do it we have had we, on fictional we, hangover this we conversation talk about that. we talk about that a lot but i think yeah. we decided didn't we that if it's a supernatural character 
um, where they don't age, there's a certain element of forgiveness. Yes. Yeah. It, especially like with um, Edward Cullen, because, you know, you find out in Midnight Sun that like he you know, stopped aging mentally at 17 as well. So then you're like, oh, well, uh, it's OK, because he's because he's 17. Yeah. 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 I, and I think in the book, I actually have um, Spike comment on that, like, you know, like he's really old or maybe Jake says he's really old. And then Haley says something like, yeah, but there's a level of hotness where that stops mattering. Yes. And it's like his level of hotness. Yeah. I think I remember when I was reading, I was like, I've had this conversation with Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> it's a recurring thing. <laughs> that's the, That's one of the things on the original Buffy that was starting to, to annoy me a little bit in season one and season two especially willow has crushes on xander really heavily mm. I, I never i never could get with that and it's like people can be a boy and a girl and still just be friends which is why i'm i was glad they introduced the oz character and then tar i didn't my controversial um buffy opinion is i don't like tara and i'm just gonna leave it at that don't at me people um and the you know will all change and evolve and expanded and then you know i've literally just watched the episode where xander and cordelia start kissing so mm. awkward and i never understood why willow was so piney towards all these people and especially xander it's it's like you can be friends with somebody so having jake and frankie as just friends is nice plus tradition yeah yeah. As as someone who's never watched it before, I thought that she like was obviously kind of gay the whole time and was just trying to like make excuses or like you know say oh I'm not I'm not gay because I have a crush on this guy and I dated this guy but I I just kind of thought she was trying to fit in. I think as a non-watcher, yeah, I think, and I've only have... watched a handful of episodes, so I yeah. could be completely wrong, and I'm okay with that. No, no, it's fine. I think I, 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 that's certainly where that I, I think you could read it. Um, I would have loved them to have just made Willow gay from the outset, but society being what it was, making a teenager gay straight away probably wasn't going to be accepted at the time. It took a little while for yeah. other people to establish that. But Willow was one of those big characters from my teenage years who being out was you know, it was eye-opening because it was finally, the representation was there for a lot of people that I knew that finally had a, a somebody on the screen their age who was openly gay. But it took a while. Before that, it's just plain awkward. <laughs> we have a theory. Amanda, would you like to present our theory over Vi? Vi's a vampire right. vampire hunter, right? No. No! If she's not, I quit. That's a lie. I'm not gonna... I'm, I'm not. Well, why was she all covered up at the end? Was she exploded? Was her face exploded? No, she's just on the sly, you know? Like, she's just keeping it on the DL. Yeah, she really didn't... She was just there to, like, spy. She didn't really intend to let herself be seen, but then, you know, you got her watcher flying through the air about ready to get fried crispy, so what's she supposed to do? So who else is watching from the woods? 
that's book two we're gonna, we're gonna learn a lot of book two including you know like all the mysteries about what happened to the slayers and who attacked them and why they attacked them and are all of them actually dead by that the end of book two we'll know and then by the end of book three it'll all be wrapped up so I'm it's very just excited. so it's just three yes it is just three okay. i mean having said that of course. I mean, I'll write Frankie forever. I don't care. It's the most fun I've had messing around in a book. It is so much fun writing in Sunnydale. It's been like the perfect pandemic project because it is 100% fun, um, which I hope uh, fans haven't been too disappointed because I know part of Buffy's big draw was that angsty, tortured love story between her and Spike, between her and Angel, and in book one, at least, in every generation, there's none of that. It's just wall-to-wall -wall wacky, fun, Scooby antics. Like, there's very little seriousness in In Every Generation, and that was by design. I didn't want anything too heavy. I wanted to lean more on those humorous Buffy episodes. Um, I mean, there's some serious, her fight against the Countess and her the Countess is a real big bad. I mean, she's really bad news for Sunnydale, but uh, I didn't want Frankie to be really overly mired in a lot of heavy, heavy emotional issues right away. Right away, she's just dealing with, my aunt might be dead and now I have to be a slayer and I'm totally unprepared and my fighting style is just awful. So what am I supposed to do? I love when she stakes herself and then no one will let it go. Like, it was so crazy. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I will not be surprised if that's referenced again in book two and book three. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Um, Frankie's style of fighting, uh, I kind of expected it to improve, but, you know, now I think it's just the way she does things. Like, she just flails until it works. <laughs> yeah. She just falls down a lot. She screams a lot. She, you know, gets thrown around a lot, and it works for her. It's very you know, yakety sacks, just. Yeah. Is that the official martial arts yakety sacks now? That's, that is Frankie's official slaying soundtrack is yakety sacks. No, no child of Willow could ever have grace. <laughs> I'm sorry. She's the most gawky, awkward, stumbly nerd of my heart. And I adore Willow to the day I die. I, I always have and always will. And, but no child of her could be a ballerina, you know? It's not going to happen. It's just not. And I really appreciate at the end when you put her basically in Buffy's clothes and turned her physically into the slayer through her outfit. And like, why did Anne Buffy used to wear heels all the time? Ah! Oh. Right. Get that now. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so, so definitely sometimes she dresses up in Buffy's clothes and she's got to, you know, really take up that Slayer mantle. But in her heart, you know, Buffy's the Slayer for a reason. Like, Buffy is Buffy. There is no other Slayer as good as Buffy. I don't care who you are. You're never going to touch the legend. And Frankie knows that. She's watched it. She's grown up in that shadow. So all she's trying to do is to be as good as she possibly can and not to disappoint her Aunt Buffy. But she's definitely not trying to be Buffy 
And she worries that people want her to be Buffy and she knows that she can't. On her shoulders in book two. Poor little tyke. <laughs> Bless her. Bless her wearing it. a leather jacket and she's vegan. Yeah. Although we do talk about leather alternatives in book two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fashion is a huge part of Buffy. <laughs> so that's, that's fair enough. That's fantastic. Can I ask, because I know you'll know, you have lived in London for a while. What is the dirty British slang? What is the worst, the, the dirtiest British slang you've ever heard? Because you do reference dirty British slang in the book. I don't, I don't know. Okay, so when I was living in London, I didn't know that fanny meant vagina. I didn't, either. This I didn't know that either. We talked about that just a few weeks ago. And I kept saying it in in my classes, like, like I would just like be saying like, oh, you know, they're like, what'd you do this weekend? I'm like, just sat around. I'm a big fat fanny. <laughs> <laughs> or I'd like, I'd, I'd like sit down, you know, in between two of my friends and be like, watch out for my fanny. <laughs> and I didn't know that essentially I was telling them watch it you know like a really cute grandma term for your butt Mm -hmm. but no i was not saying that to them and (laughs) you know just sitting around watching tv on my vagina (laughs) me too me too i really wish i had known that like i wish they were so polite and they didn't ever say a word, but I really wish they had said it. <laughs> Just tell me. Clearly, I don't know. I, I, I love it. I adore that. <laughs> we, we've had many conversations about this and usually involves um, fanny packs versus bum bags. Yep. Well, I don't even remember what episode that came about in. But you were like, why is it? Why is it a fanny pack? Stop! Like, don't Stop call it, it that. Stop it's that. Like, why? Harris. That's what it is. <laughs> it's like so good. somebody tried to say jizz once, and jizz is jizz is a slang term for cum. Yes. And yeah. it's like somebody was trying to name a chocolate bar a jizz bar once. And no. they didn't realize no. that it's a slang term for cum. No, and like, please don't, don't do call that. it a jizz bar. Please, no, it turned into a fuse that. bar. Mm. Mm. That might be better. Yeah. But it's but not it's now that I know what they wanted to call it. Mm-mm. So it's no, forever, forever unclean. Yeah, don't eat that. <laughs> that's a bit too salty. Yes, yeah, no, don't eat, don't eat that one. Yikes. <laughs> Oh, that was hilarious. No, it was terrible. <laughs> I don't want to eat that chocolate bar. What else do uh, we need to ask about? Did you want to ask your question about the first Slayer? Do you think she's going to answer it? No, I don't think so. I want to know more about the first Slayer. I don't think in, in Frankie's creation. I don't think we're going to find anything out because you've been tight-lipped. Did you see her face just then? Hmm. <laughs> this is like his like, eyebrows it's just all expression yes. like how much I don't know how much more we're going to learn um, 
this might be one of those situations where like come on make a show uh because <laughs> do it there, Joe, me there's no, it's, it's book two especially feels very streamlined um there's i managed to do a monster of the week in it but not much else i mean once again everything is just kind of galloping along um and so you don't really find out a lot more in book two there's going to be some little revelations in book three because of how Frankie was created and what that means to their connection, her connection and Willow's connection to the line of slayers will affect some things in book three. But how much of that we're going to go into, I mean, I, I don't know. Hmm. So. so it's not going to be a parent-teacher evening at Sunnydale High. And no. Willow's there, and then the awkwardness of the first Slayer walks in. He's like, hi, honey, I just want to see how your grades are. Well, because I feel like it's like an essence. Like, she was created from the essence of the first Slayer, so we'd have to get the essence of the first Slayer In a out. jar. In, and in like the jizz bar. situation, you know, and, like, we'd rub it, and then the essence of the Slayer would come out, and yeah. she would be... No, yeah. it, no, the essence of the first Slayer comes in a jizz bar. <laughs> comes so in the fanny pack. It comes in the fanny room. pack and get it. Get yeah, of course it comes in the fanny pack. Oh, and Willow would have to wear that fanny pack, you know. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Stop it. No. Yeah, that's. So, what do you think about all of these monsters of the week that you have and that you want to include? Like, can you do short stories? Um. Well. Like some of them have just fallen by the wayside, and that's okay because they were kind of just like half baked ideas that I that I wanted to incorporate. That I've managed. Sometimes, you know, I just have a a monster of the week that I just want to write because there's a certain joke I want to write, and I use if that's the case, I usually manage to wedge that joke in somewhere else. So, um, I'm happy with the monsters of the week. Uh, I didn't get to create any of my own this time though because they're kind of vintage. Mm. Um. Yeah, but and and in in book three, I think I might be able to have room to create one more. But also, I still there's so much planned for book three already that it's it's starting to feel jam packed. I am very excited about writing one part of book three. Uh, but I. Oh, Rick, so many spoilers that I can't say. I think you should write Buffy graphic novels. And that's where you put your monsters of the week. You don't need to worry about arcs. Just five five episodes, five issues, mix it into a graphic novel. Monsters. See, I mean a short story collection would do the same. True. There are um like in the comics there are, you know, like little mini series. And stuff, just like single issue comics and 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 that sort of thing. Um, I don't write comics. I don't know how to write comics. It strikes me as very very challenging. But I do have like a pal who I met through the writing of Buffy, and she has been talking to me about doing some of these things. So maybe she wrote. It's Casey Gilly. She wrote the amazing Buffy comic miniseries, um, Buffy: The Last Vampire Slayer. Which, if you haven't read that one. It's awesome. It should be, it's all out now and it should be like collected up 
into one, you know how they do that. First, they release them as single issues and then they collect them up together. So it should be available outside of comic shops soon, but it's, it's really amazing. It should be available for me to purchase for the library soon is what I'm hearing. I think so. Yes. Yes. As we shoehorn that into our recommendation of the week, Amanda. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so what else? What else are you excited about? Anything? Anything else going on that you're excited about? I mean, yeah. Yeah. But and what? Has um, been, like, anything you can tell us about that you're excited about? Not really. I mean, Damn it's it. such... So, like there's some stuff going on but it's such early stages i'm um i mean i'm just about ready to go into revisions on amazon jedis that'll come out you know next fall but yeah, you... next fall feels so far away it's very far away you say that but it'll be gone in a blink of an eye and you'll be yeah. back again and we'll be talking more buffy and this time, Amanda will have watched it all and will be Right. See, I mean, that's why I'm excited for winter 2023, because I will have watched everything. And I will not oh. be such a newbie scooby. I'm very excited for our, yes, for our episode then. Yes, this will yeah. be exciting. <laughs> Give me time. I love it. I mean, because we have to have you back with every book that you release. Sorry, deal with it. Like, I know we don't have time to do, like, the Buffy rewatch, but it would be fun to do, like, a series finale, Amanda's first series finale yes. rewatch episode. Yes. Like, when you make it to the season seven finale, we should get together and, like... Okay. Yes. Done. See? Everybody agrees. Everyone's excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> there's no other um exciting secrets that you can reveal to us or not that i i'm like racking my brain for secrets because you know i like to spill secrets to fictional hangover <laughs> i mean i'm in one of those times where you know one girl in all the world is just about done and um I'm working on stuff that won't be out for so long that it's not worth talking about because nobody knows or cares about it yet. And the other stuff, the other thing that is potentially cool is so early that it's also not worth talking about, but it is something I have never done before. Um, and it is- Is it filmed... writing for Disney Plus, a Buffy series? I wish. <laughs> I don't want like. I just want to be in the. I just want to be in the writers' room for one episode. That's it. That's all. And then I'm out. And then I'm just a fan watching. But I mean, come on. How cool would that be? Would you get to cast it, or at least sit in know. on it? You don't, don't even know. care about that. I would have nothing to do with that. I just want this to be clear that I am not saying this from a point of selfishness whatsoever. If they adapt in every generation into a series, I'm not involved. I get nothing. I'm not involved. I would try to jockey my way into one episode in the writer's room. That is like the one thing that just I would try to sit do. Eat the bagels and the muffins at the writer in the writer's but, room. Yeah, Possibly so like, be on set on. one day. 
just put me, you know, let me, let me help on like one little script. I just want one little script and that's, that's it. But uh, they probably wouldn't let me and that's fine. I just think as a Buffy fan. You uh, deserve to be there. Style, yeah. You automatically get a cameo in the show as well. You, you're not oh, speaking yeah. part, you're just in the background drinking a coffee or eating cheese. No, I, I can't even pull that off. Do you know how excited my face would be? Like I would be a dead giveaway. Just like, just, I'd have the worst excited face constantly. They'd have to escort me out. Um, maybe if they put me in full demon makeup, that's the only way. That would be that great. Could ever that would be amazing. You could pull off or those, uh, that brow ridge. You could pull it off. You need, but you need otherwise, no, I just, you know, when I think about like successful reboots and successful requels, like, did you guys watch Scream 5? Yes, yes, it worked See? so well. Framework. New generation, smart writing, good characters, boosted by the originals. Mm -hmm. And that I feel like is what in every generation brings to the table. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. so, I hope that's what it brings to the table is, you know boosted by the originals and then this new core group of people having a worthwhile adventure so cobra kai does the same thing mm -hmm. with the original daniel son and the original johnny um, and they just keep bringing back new people every season just to keep hooking us in you know john crease came back and then the guy from karate kid 3 came back it was amazing um and like ghostbusters afterlife they framed the entire thing in, they just bathed it in the nostalgia and there was no shame in it. Mm -hmm. it, was, it. it was Gozer again. I know, I know. Really what we wanted. I don't need it to be new. I want it to be more. I want yeah. it to be better. Yeah. So just Disney Plus, they could totally get the cast back. They could, their productions are gorgeous. Mm -hmm. They're gorgeously shot. They're cleverly written. They could pull it off. Yeah. Like I, I would be totally excited as a fan. I if know this some happens. If this ever happened, I know you wouldn't be able to tell us. But could you just like, kind of like, subvertly signal to say the chosen one has been chosen or something? I probably and wouldn't know until, until we all knew. Like, we won't I, record I, anything. I, we will stop the recording, and then you'll just say, have us like squealing for five minutes. Yeah, and then we'll be like, are you going to the writers' room? I, if if that ever happened, I mean, we would all know at the same time, and then we would inst I would instantly message you guys and just be like, did you see the news? But yeah, yeah, it needs to happen. It needs to it does. Disney, Disney Plus. It needs to happen. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I'm you know, and I'm like, I've been shamelessly just saying that, and you know, like Disney's not listening to me. Nobody cares. Nobody's you know paying attention. But you know, I learned my Hamilton. You shoot your shot. Let's just get it out there. <laughs> yeah. And like um, when we post this bonus episode, we'll of course tag in Disney Plus and they'll be like, what the fuck is happening? Who is this rinky-dink yeah, like, podcast uh, and what do they want? Next week to be like, Kendara Blake replaced on an average and average. <laughs> <laughs> Look what we get. We, we, no, we would be demonic influencers then. We would be... We would we be insta-demons. We need an insta-demon to help push this. <laughs> right. We need to yes. go and get Ripper because he's got contacts and we need to sort this for all out. Yeah. <sighs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I guess we've kept you long enough for now. 
for this uh, episode. Until you finish watching Buffy. I know! Yeah. I promise! I'm, I'll get on it. So excited. So excited for that. It's always fun to talk to you guys, too, anyway. Just because. it's we Like, half the time I, I get done with these episodes, and then I'll be thinking about it, and I'll just be... I'll, like, I know in about an hour I'm going to say... I just said I sat around on my fat vagina <laughs> on recording. I, I allowed that to be recorded out of my mouth. <laughs> yes, like, you did. Over for you. Yep. It's probably going to be our headline for this. It's already episode. in. It's, I've been making notes. It's already in. Oh, I love dear it. Dear God, you guys. <laughs> Oh gosh. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for always coming back. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you for indulging out the Buffy fans. You. Have... Oh, and like, thank you um, for bringing me into the world. Yes. yes. Know that in every generation is an absolute masterpiece. It is a wonderful piece of tie-in fiction, and absolutely adore it. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to read it twice. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. So thank good. you. So good. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad you liked it. I'm, you know, it brought in a new Buffy fan and it pleased an original Buffy fan. And that is what more could you hope for? Nothing. That is all. It's a success. Yay. All right. <laughs> we'll let you go now. Thank you. Thank you. A million times. Thank, thank you. you. All right. Well, you guys next time okay i'm sure you around the internets yeah. way before that yes. of course okay okay right. thank bye. you bye, bye. <laughs> i love her so much kandara is like freaking amazing <sighs> I love freaking her. I love her amazing so much. So, she's so good <sighs> oh <sighs> all right so that's it for this bonus episode of Fictional Hangover. I'm dying. Squee! <laughs> I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. Join us next time as we discuss Horrid by Katrina Leno. <laughs> Look out for our Would You Rather polls on social media. Don't forget about our book club and monthly challenges on Facebook. Be sure to visit our shop on Redbubble at fictionalhangover.redbubble.com for all your favorite fictional hangover-themed merchandise and become a patron of ours on Patreon at patreon.com slash fictionalhangover. Until next time, remember, the only cure for a fictional hangover is another book. You can find us at fictionalhangover.com, follow us on Instagram at fictionalhangover, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fictionalhangover, and on Twitter at fictionalhangover, no E-R. If you'd like this episode, check out our others, a rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss out. And finally, special thanks to Liz Emerson for our music. You can find her on Facebook and Patreon. Thanks for listening.